Welcome back to the Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host and the original uncloseted conservative. Guys, thanks so much for being with us. Guys, we've got Jason Fick, who wrote this piece in The Federalist, which is really something that you guys got to check out over at thefederalist.com. Federal court determined Section 230 is not a license to do whatever one wants online. Check out this opening. On November 3rd, the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals rendered a decision in Henderson v. Private Data that could revolutionize the internet, concluding that Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act does not immunize all online publication decisions. Guys, these words are important. All the Hey, we're going to get into it with Jason. The Fourth Court, the Fourth Circuit Court just determined Section 230C1 no longer protects a service provider when it acts upon third-party content, i.e., as a secondary publisher or content provider, especially if those substantive contributions are on lawful. Lots of legal talk today. Guys, we're going to make sense of it. Let's get into it. Jason, how are you, my man? I'm doing well, Joe. How are you, sir? I'm doing just fine. Can't complain. Uh, listen, love the article. Thanks so much for sending it to me. And I'm I'm just the kind of person who nerds out on all of this stuff. And we spoke and you kind of painted the picture, built the yellow brick road, whatever you guys uh, want to know. So I know that the guests want to get right into it. We're always big on content, short on time. Like I could talk for 90 minutes, two hours, three hours. Uh, it's, it's a 54 minute show. So let's just dive right in, right into what's going on uh, with the fourth circuit, with your case, with section 230. All right, well, let's dive in. So essentially the reason for that Federalist article is because there is this decision. I, I made a, a small goof. It was not private data. It was public data uh, as the name, but it it was a decision that essentially changed the world. I mean, it, it just shifted everything. And of course there are, I mean, people know there are a lot of people out there trying to keep big tech in full power, right? The, the, they can censor anything they want. They can do whatever they want, no matter how unlegal, whatever it is, they're protected online. Well, that's not actually true. It has never been true. The unfortunate part is, is that there are literally two and a half decades of bad precedent that we've had to sort of push through. Now, we actually have not succeeded in pushing through. Uh, unfortunately, we have dealt with California courts and the Ninth Circuit Court that just wouldn't listen to what we were saying um, because we were asking them essentially to look at the statute de novo. I mean, completely start over again. Look at it. Well, we went all the way to the Supreme Court. I was denied uh, cert. And in the process, what essentially happened is Section 230 is the ability to deny one of liberty and property, right? It says that these companies can shut you up. Well, the thing is, is that when the government grants that kind of power to anybody, they are limited because they they must give you due process. Well, of course, I wasn't afforded due process, and yet Facebook was able to take my property. 
the government protected it. There are two separate things here. Is the actions of Facebook harm me? And then it was the actions of the government that prevented me from being able to seek redress. Okay? So we filed a constitutional challenge of the entire law uh, based on due process and First Amendment. Most people have no idea that we're even doing this. Why? Because the media doesn't want you to know. It's only the people that care about this country that want you to know. Now, what does this mean? So we push forward and we go through the courts and we ask the courts to do this stuff, and they simply wouldn't do it. Then I have a conflict. There's another uh, case called Enigma versus Mauerbites. And they said, wait a second, motivation matters. Most people have no idea that there is something called Good Samaritan in there. It's in quotes. And Good Samaritan basically presides over the whole thing. It's called a general provision or its formal name is called an intelligible principle. It's the way laws are built. It's the way you structurally do it. You know, they're talking about publisher and, and free speech rights. And blah. How about we get into the way the law is built? All right. So an intelligible principle is the general provision or general motivation as to how they're supposed to implement the rules. Well, government told them that they must be a good Samaritan. Well, of course, let me ask you, Joe, are they acting as good Samaritans? <laughs> no, no, they certainly <laughs> don't call balls and strikes which is right you know right. so yeah. they're obviously not doing that and and see here's the thing is is that then the question is well that's arbitrary discretion you know to decide are they well yeah. the court had decided in the ninth circuit in enigma that anti-competitive blocking and screening is not the act of a good samaritan now pretty we're, simple we're into this stuff but for the viewer the listener who's not the ninth circuit is the kangaroo court okay that's that west coast left coast not so uh yeah. court and and they're throwing shade all the time at clarence thomas clarence yep. thomas is a brilliant legal scholar there are some opinions that come out of the ninth circuit that bizarre make sense at right all letter or right. spirit of the law it's just total nonsense and that's the problem we're facing here is is that they're giving us answers that don't make sense they it doesn't rectify there, there's something called the whole text canon right of of statutory construction when you build a law it has to make sense like it legitimately ha i mean this is not complicated stuff here <laughs> right it's got to make sense. So the problem with this is, and, and, I'll, and I'll show you where, where the conflict comes in. So anyhow, Enigma says, well, Good Samaritan doesn't apply to anti-competitive conduct. Well, that was my entire lawsuit. I said that they had acted it anti-competitively. And if you even if does, does, the merits don't matter, the allegation was made. The allegation should be accepted as true, and I should have gone to court. End of story. Okay, so we went back to the Northern District of Court. Well, actually, we were right in the process of, of the Supreme Court cert, which you see the book right over my, my shoulder, right? It's always hard to do that. That is literally the first Supreme Court run that we did. Okay, yeah, I know, right? So we go and we go to the Supreme Court with this enigma, and we said, uh, wait a second, the Ninth Circuit is now disagreeing with the Ninth Circuit. It's an internal circuit conflict. The Supreme Court is not really inclined to do that. Well, now, we said it was a matter of national importance. Well, now it's become a matter of national emergency. It's gone way – I mean, this could have been handled a while ago. But – so they, they deny cert. We go back to the Northern District, and we say, wait a second. This, this You changed the whole idea of the law. This conflicts with my own case. Can you sort it out? Well, the Northern District judge, uh, who had already retired with – millions in tech stock decided that his answer was oh no 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 enigma considered 230c2 you considered your case was 230c1 
Remember that whole text canon? It was like, oh, yep, 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 see ya. Just got rid of it. It was like, what do you not? What, what are you not understanding? The general provision has to apply generally. Duh. I mean, this is this is not hard to understand. It it literally starts with Good Samaritan, then says you can't be treated as someone else, and then it says you guys can remove content if you act in good faith. That's really how it works. Okay, very simple. Now, most of us understand it, but we don't get too deep in. Like people don't go deep enough into the Section Two Thirty stuff. They don't really go as far as we did. Well, we went all the way back. So. So here we are. We go to the Supreme Court. We go to the Northern District. They kick us. And now we go to the, the Ninth Circuit for the second time, and we say, look, this is a catch-22. If this thing is the intelligible principle, Good Samaritan, it applies to the whole statute. End of story. If it's not the intelligible principle, let's just say it's not. Well, Jarkesi versus the SEC just determined then the law is unconstitutional. Uh-oh. They got a catch-22. So what happens? Uh, well, you've got these two options. They decided to go that way. They threw me out this time on a procedural discretionary timeliness issue. This law has been literally moving all over the place. It, it It's a moving target. And they said, well, we decided this way back a year and a half ago, except it went straight back into contention. It was on appeal and what are called interlocutories for damn near a year. And then finally the Supreme Court hands it down and I'm in the midst of the Supreme Court. So the only time that they really could say I theoretically waited was two and a half months well that's how long it took us to write it i mean these things don't you know you can't write a, a motion 60b that quick but then then here's what's get what's really crazy and this is where everything changes where we file a motion for reconsideration right and we say what are you talking about timeliness this is ridiculous like look at reasonableness here we don't know what this is doing because you're moving the, the goalposts all over the place. Decisions don't make sense. Basically, this is, fix this. This is a thing that doesn't make sense to me because I'm not in the, uh, you know, I was sworn law enforcement for two years. We, we are made aware of timeliness issues and charging. It, it seems like they're usually, timeliness issues usually come up with corporate fraud, white collar type stuff, or with, uh, uh, with violent crimes. And it blows my mind that they, just like you wrote, they've consistently misapplied this broad spe spectrum misapplication of Section 230s and the meanings of the words and the, the C1. Yeah. The C How? Th that doesn't make sense to me that there is a timeliness. You obviously have a stake. You, you have a stake in this. You are the right person raising the right argument. And right. it sounds like to me, hey, I'm not a lawyer and I don't play one on TV. I'm certainly not a judge. It sounds like they're just trying to wait you out, keep you mm -hmm. at arm's distance. You're spending more money. It's consuming more of your life, more of your Correct. time. And Correct. they just want you to feel like you're banging your head against the wall. Take your ball and go home. Yeah, they want me to run out of options. And the thing is, is that every single time another case pops up that conflicts with mine, I'm going to be right back in their face again because they're wrong. We know nice. they're wrong. I can prove they're wrong. And, and see, that's when everything, like I said, changed. We filed this motion for reconsideration on November 2nd. November 3rd, literally the next day, the Fourth Circuit Court renders this decision in Henderson. It's actually versus public data. I, I apologize. I, I made a mistake on the Federalist. Um, 
And that decision was handed to me by uh, Mike Davis. Um, most people know who he is. He works with the Internet Accountability Project. He said, you might want to take a look at this real quick. So I did it. And of course, I read it immediately because I read everything to make sure that I know what I'm talking about. I mean, I can't tell you how many people argue with me. They don't read what we argue back, but they just continue to argue. And it's like, if you're not going to read the counter, what are you arguing about? And then they're like, oh, you just block people because you're not willing to actually engage in a real debate. You're just willing to just spit, you know, oh, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Did you read it? No, I don't need to. It's garbage. Aha. It block. sounds like you've been on Twitter. Oh, it's just it's such a mess. Well, anyhow, on the weekend, we obviously went through it. My attorneys filed as a supplemental filing on the 7th. Right. So November 7th, this thing goes in in my case. Now, remember something timeliness. Well, how old? How how many days is that? Oh, that's right. That was three working days. Three business days. Was that untimely? No. On the 8th, they denied. Flat denied. Nope, we're not going to reconsider it. The, the timeliness has nothing to do with this now because I now have a conflict with my case that was three days old. Or three, day, three business days, five days total. And it's like, so this isn't about timeliness, is it? And now we warned the court. I, we I said... Wanna... Did you know you can be fined, sued into financial ruin, or even have your business shut down if you don't have the right verbiage on your website? Yeah, neither did I, until I met Erica Kohlberg. Erica's a licensed practicing attorney who found a serious gap in the market. Firms like hers charge massive fees for simple legal document services. Erica knew there had to be a better way, and that's how Plug and Law was born. Plug and Law is the best solution for all your business's legal needs. They provide fill-in-the-blank legal templates to protect you, your business, and the people who depend on you most. With Plug and Law's legal bundle, you get a privacy policy, terms and conditions, and a legal disclaimer crafted by an attorney for the fraction of the price. Legal documentation preparation fees with your own lawyer can cost $500, $800, even $1,000 for a single document. A privacy policy alone comes in for an average of $500. Use my affiliate link to get Plug and Law's legal bundle for just $97. You could find an attorney and pay upwards of $1,500 for the same legal documents, but you're too smart for that. Go to thejoemobleyshow.com slash law and get the legal bundle for just $97. Right now, we're throwing in a free affiliate marketing legal guide. That's a savings of nearly $2,000. Don't miss out and risk everything you've built. Go to thejoemobleyshow.com slash law and protect your business, yourself, and your family. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I want to loop in one aspect because this is something that I, I argue with people, you know, at church and social groups at the grocery store all the time when, when we're talking about whether we're talking about Hillary Clinton and, and the server, we're talking about January 6th, if we're talking about certainly the 2020 election, these things weren't argued in court they are trying to keep jason and his arguments out of court yep. you guys uh you uh, an uninformed uh or or perhaps lesser educated not uneducated listener viewer might think 
hey, this has been, you've heard this from your relatives and from your nutso friends and people. I got into a big one at the barbershop recently. They said, hey, they heard these things in court. No, they didn't. No. He filed, he petitioned to go to court and they said, no, no. we don't want to look at this. This is, this is the FBI raiding Giuliani's apartment and saying, we're not going to look at this laptop. That, that's what's happening here. It's yeah. this big shell game. And then you all will see, well, hey, they brought it to the courts and the court. No, the courts didn't look at it. They denied it whole cloth. Correct. They said, we don't want to touch this with the 10 foot pole because they know we're right. We're right yeah. about that. It. It's a non-insurrection. We're mm -hmm. very likely right about the elections unless it makes sense to you all that we traded a fast, cheap, and simple system for an expensive, slow, and complicated system. If that makes sense to you, then I'd like to sell you some products, some bridges in the desert. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, what, what that is, is it's, it's called being dismissed pre-suit. It's the, the lack of a hearing, right? It's denial before you get to be heard. And that's why it's a denial of my due process, because I was never heard. They simply dumped it beforehand. And, and of course, you know, my opponents are sitting there saying, well, you're wrong. You, you don't have a clue. We haven't argued it. We legitimately have not yet actually got into the real hearing. So this case, Henderson, really upends everything. I mean, it, and, and it's so funny because, again, one, one of the biggest, you know, so-called experts on this. No, these guys are literally just propaganda advocates for big tech. They want you to stay dumb. They don't want you to understand it. Why? Because they lose power. They lose the ability to shut you up. And I'm about to explain they're about to lose it. Like legitimately. Here's why. So the confusion is based on and 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 it's kind of a key. I, I Joe and I had talked about this. And I, I think we can, you know, get people through this. James Madison once argued. That the most important word in the right to free speech is the word the. Because, first off, it denotes that it pre-existed any potential abridgment. You already had it. It was God-given. It was not granted by the government, right? You already had it. And the second thing, it, it also denotes that it is an individual right. It is the right. Now, that's key because that word is, is what's called a definite, a definite article. You know who it is, right? So in Section 230, there are, there are the two portions. One is where you can't be treated as another, which, which is how we all genuinely understand it, right? But that's not what the courts have done. I'll explain it. It's based on this word. Now, of course, you know, they're, they're scrambling because they're trying to figure out how to explain this now because it makes a ton of sense. It says no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. And, of course, the courts go into and they say, we know what publisher is. There's plenty of law around that. Here's publisher. Well, we're, we're not trying to determine what a publisher is. We're trying to determine who it is. Very big difference. The courts have just taken it as publisher. Well, the thing is, it doesn't say they can't be treated as publisher. It literally says they cannot be treated as the publisher of information of any information provided by another information content provider well the publisher is a denoted publisher we know who that is in the story that is another information content provider so therefore if you just take the word another it's very clear they cannot be treated as another 
publisher. Well, here's the problem with that. If you consider it in the sense of just use it synonymously and say you can't be treated as a publisher, which is called an indefinite article, well, that's any publisher. That could actually include themselves. Whoops. So all of a sudden, it went from protections from being treated as another into protections from being treated as themselves. And if they can do any publishing action, let me ask you, Joe, this is a fairly simple question. Is removing content something a publisher does? <laughs> no. A publisher doesn't remove content? A publisher removes content from something that they're publishing. Right. They, so, uh, so if oh, they're a acting as a publisher, does. yeah, but a, a platform if they're acting as a publisher, yeah. is removing a function that a publisher does. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is a, developing a information a publisher? Yes, a publisher. Are if they're a publisher, do they remove content sometimes? Yeah. They make editorial decisions sometimes, right? Yes, a publisher, not a they platform. Correct. We're sticking with a, a publisher. I, didn't, <laughs> I just want to play this out. A publisher. Does a publisher develop information? Mm -hmm. Do they create information? Do they mm -hmm. make all sorts of editorial decisions? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's what a publisher does. If, you, right? if you've ever written for a publication, you're very familiar with this process. <laughs> yes, you're a publisher. And they're saying, well, you can't treat them as a publisher. No, you can't treat them as another publisher, the publisher, but you can treat them as them. And they said, and, and we went to the court and we said, wait a second, your way doesn't work. If you can't treat them as a publisher and removing content is something a publisher does, which we legitimately have the Ninth Circuit quoting that, removing content is something a publisher does. What's the purpose of the next portion that allows them to remove content because that's publishing? And the court went, oh, wait, 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 no, no, don't worry. 230C2 is separate, meaning they're going to fix the redundancy here. And I, I kid you not, quote, perhaps because they developed information even in part. Isn't developing information publishing as well? <laughs> what did they fix? They literally said, oh, no, 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 that's a separate thing because they might have actually been publishing. If you can't be treated as a publisher, that would include that as well. So they haven't fixed the damn thing. And see, here's what gets really good. The Fourth Circuit Court, right, was the court that determined this case called Zoran versus America Online. Zoran versus America Online was the first case that ever dealt with Section 230 after it became a law. So this would be considered your foundational precedent, right? Right, right at the very beginning. Well, they came to the decision... And they said in it, all publication decisions, whether to remove, uh, edit, or allow content is protected under 230C1. Well, wait a second. They're taking it as you can't treat them as a publisher. It's unlimited. Again, that conflicts. It conflicts with the fact that 230C2 is publishing. So what happened? Well, they got it wrong, and then every single case has built upon that original foundation. Barnes relied on it, and the Ninth Circuit relied on Barnes in my case. But see, here's a kicker. The Fourth Circuit revisited Zoran. They went back to their own decision, and they said, whoa, wait a second. L let's clarify. C1 is not licensed to do whatever you want to do. In fact, C1 only matters if there's some improper content at issue. 
Okay. Wait a second. They didn't say that before. And the reason they said that is because the the platforms are publishers when they act as a service and also when they content moderate. They're two different things. One is passive. One is active, right? So in the sense that they're a publishing platform, they would still be a publisher, but they're not actively publishing. The actions are taken by the provider or user, like whoever the user is, it's publishing it. And that provider user, if they're not involved in it, they can't be treated as someone else. It makes all the sense in the world. But if they act at all, right, which is called a substantive contribution, if you do anything with the content, content moderation, right? If you do anything, you've contributed to it. And especially if you contribute to the unlawfulness. This is what the Henderson court's saying. It's like, whoa, wait, you mean everything that they've said in the past about Zoran being unlimited protection is wrong? Correct. It just created a massive, massive conflict between my case, for example, and that case. I didn't get the same protection that they got. So now what happens is because... I've been denied by the Ninth Circuit Court. I wait, wait, my wait. Next, just wait. just so people don't miss it. That last argument is not an affirmative defense. By the way, it, it's the <laughs> this is what we've how it's always been done. This that's a Plessy v. Ferguson. That's a Brown v. Board of Education type argument. A, a, a Dred Scott. No, you know, but because we got it wrong and Zoran, you know, decision screwed the pooch and screwed everyone's understanding of the internet. And, and content moderation and posting, tweeting, retweeting, whatever. This is why everyone's got uh, legal jargon on, on their LinkedIn, on their, uh, mm -hmm. their Twitter. Everybody's hey, this, an expert. This, does not make a, this doesn't mean an endorsement. This isn't a, an affidavit out here. It's a tweet, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, th that's why. And it was wrong. It's okay. Yeah. We've gotten cases wrong before, yeah. guys. They need to undo what they did. And because I know Jason's thrown, we, we spoke about this. And again, we love this stuff. Uh, we, we know it, it can seem dry. It's really important. It is substantial. Jason just glossed over it. It's substantial. It's that so much this of was, it. This was done. This Pandora's box, if you will, was done with the Fourth Circuit. And that same circuit has come back to undo their bad law. In law, that's substantial. That's significant. Huge. That's a that's a big event. Well, it, it, an analogy here would be this: if the foundational case, right, like if you're building a building and you don't do the foundation right, and they build the building on basically a bad foundation, essentially what the Fourth Circuit Court is, they came in and said, um, "Yeah, that foundation was designed to hold up two thousand pounds, not a sixty-five story building." It's going to come crashing down and they're trying everything they can to prop it up. And they're trying to build a foundation by by essentially twisting and screwing with what Henderson did and, and dismissing it. And it's kind of funny because I was saying this right before the show. I said, when you can't argue the merits, you argue the source. You And that is exactly what like Eric Goldman is doing now, which is kind of fun to watch. Oh, it's Trump's fault. It's his attorney that or excuse me his judge that he appointed it's not political at all he just looked at the statue properly and then yeah, he gets it, into it's, oh it's, it's, his, it's trump's fault they found it's this trump's application of law 
I know. Meanwhile, he's dragging like politics into it. And it's like it has nothing to do with MAGA. It has nothing to do with Trump. It has nothing to do with Justice Thomas not knowing what he's talking about because he said, "Oh yeah, Justice Thomas is all great." No, the guy's brilliant. Like, they, like brilliant, brilliant. I would love the to meet him. Thing that. with West Virginia, the EPA, the, these broad mm-hmm. misapplications of law, which when that gets around to the other administrative agencies, like the ATF, for instance, mm-hmm. or the IRS. Man, Clarence Thomas has been throwing. Oh, he's brilliant. Heat. Yeah, yeah, his his recent opinion. Well, many of his opinions are just. They're well, they awesome, they trashed guys. his Go opinion in Enigma, right? He he dropped a statement there, and I think Dover Twitter, which is identical to our lawsuit. Like he's saying the same mm-hmm. things. The difference is he needed a lawsuit to be able to come through, and that's why we're heading into the Supreme Court now with a full blown circuit court conflict between the Ninth Circuit and the Fourth Circuit, which it's blatant in Henderson. We have a circuit court conflict between the Ninth and the Fifth Circuit now, because there are several cases that conflict with mine. And you said the words affirmative defense. This is like this is the craziest thing I've ever heard, right? So the United States Attorney General is trying to dismiss, again, trying to deny me due process, my constitutional claim against Section 230 because he can't determine whose actions are whose. He's saying that I'm suing the government for what Facebook did to me. I sued Facebook for what Facebook did to me, hence why I have a case against Facebook. And then to make it very clear, Facebook did not dismiss itself. That was the United States government. So I'm holding them accountable for that action, not what Facebook did. And he can't seem to keep that clear. But then he drops this whopper on me. He says, Section 230 is an affirmative defense. So for people that are, I'm going to sort of simplify this, an affirmative defense like self-defense, for example, is a law written so that you can commit an otherwise unlawful act under the provision that you prove a certain set of facts occurred, meaning your life was threatened. That's why you shot the guy, because shooting somebody is illegal, right? Well, if you can prove those certain set of facts occurred, you are absolved of the otherwise unlawful act. But here's the kicker. Many people know about our clinic, but most don't realize we help patients around the globe reach their health goals. Deep down, you know there's got to be a way to get there, but you don't know where to start. Our starter plan is the first step. You'll get everything you need to experience a health transformation in 120 days. You'll start by resetting your health with a two-week detox. Then you'll implement our proven anti-inflammatory food plan. On top of this, you'll get a 120-day supply of essential supplements, omega-3, and vitamin DK, as well as our homeopathic drops to accelerate your health goals. Go to Sherwood.tv now and use the promo code on your screen to receive this exclusive offer and save a total of $80. This is your path to more energy and better health. When you when you shoot somebody and you were prior law enforcement, yeah, let me just ask. I, I, I usually you... use speeding to the emergency room because some people get turned off at <laughs> at lawful, justified use of force. Well, okay, uh, but, but, but maybe yeah, that's yeah. case. But this is a very simple question. If somebody shoots somebody else, do they get to just tell you that they did it in self-defense or do you arrest them and sort it out in the courts? All, 
almost always in every instance you're going to be not detained you're going to be arrested and it's Correct. usually everywhere it's it's classified as a homicide you did you you killed human Correct. killing human it's an otherwise unlawful act but the yeah. thing is you don't just walk away i mean unless it was like prima facie yeah. everybody saw a kind of thing okay maybe then you wouldn't have to arrest because it was going to be so obvious but you would still actually have to deal with the court proceedings They'll but it would be more that you would still do a print release uh just, bingo it, it's that, the that's worst exactly thing it. in the world it's the worst thing in the world to let someone go from a serious incident like that uh without a but if it was real <laughs> sure but <laughs> yeah. here's but here's the thing what i'm saying about that is is that you still have to prove you have to go to court and you have to prove that those yeah. facts happened what yeah. did they have to prove in my case they didn't have to prove anything so how is it an affirmative defense it means that if if for for example he's right that the united states attorney general's office said it is an affirmative defense dismissal is inappropriate you're actually supposed to go to the merits and see did they act as a good Samaritan? Did they act in good faith? The thing is, they're conflating all these dumb arguments. And meanwhile, it's very simple. They can't be treated as someone else, and they can remove content in good faith that they consider otherwise unlawful. They're not allowed to manipulate, develop, create, or do anything else with the content. It's as simple as that. And how do we know that they know that this is coming to an end? This is good news. What happened? <laughs> this is great. Tim Poole. He went live and he said, you know what? Google called me and he, they're calling a lot of big influencers and they're trying yep. to tell us that, you know, they're it, you know, if we lose this right wing influencers, they, they called they, Crowder too. Oh yeah. And what they're saying there is, and, and they, and, and all of you should be paying attention to what I'm saying here. They're saying that because they're saying, well, you're not going to be able to be, uh, you know, recommended anymore. Right. Because recommendation is development of information. They're not supposed to be recommending. And they say, well, we, we suggest, and, and the courts have tried to dismiss that situation by saying, well, we treat all of the, the suggested posts the same, like, except for the fact that I wasn't suggested. So they don't treat all the content the same. They develop the people that they want to suggest. That's a problem because in Gonzalez, for example, if you're developing uh, information by, by suggesting terrorists well then you're knowingly you know providing that information and and of course they say well no that's still covered under 230 well there's still even a problem with that i mean there's so many problems with what they're saying section 502 makes it a crime to knowingly distribute um child pornography well, wait a second if you can't be treated as a publisher that wouldn't be the case wait a but yeah, but those are different laws. No, they're not. They're actually both within the CDA. One is Section 502, one is Section 230. The Literally, the sections within the same statute now conflict. So we have that conflict too. There's all of these problems that are very easily sorted out. Give the word the effect, it becomes protection from another. And 230C2 is the only application of, um, of any kind of content moderation. And that's limited to the restrictions and not um, content development. End of story. Yay, we, we resolved the whole problem. <laughs> so anyhow, we're bringing this to the Supreme Court right now with all these conflicts. If they consolidate our case, it will literally change the internet. It will change the world. And it is a matter of national emergency at this point. We got to get this done. You know, I you again, you you're so in it, you gloss over major points. We we've, you know, we should set on... a, a Twitter space and discuss this at length. That's oh, what we yeah. should do. Oh, like yeah. let's, let's talk about every, and I'll be happy to talk to my opponents. 
happy to. You but know, yes, it, that's the only um, way to do it is gloss over. One or two uh, friends of mine are wanting to do hyper topical uh, Twitter spaces. So we, I think Friday, I think tomorrow night's is already taken. Um, but Saturday or next week, we will do this for sure. Let's plan that. Um, uh, Clarence Thomas, you mentioned, you know, brilliant legal scholar. And honestly, you know, I'll call balls and strikes. You know, RBG said about Roe that it was bad law, you know, and mm -hmm. as a justice, and I, I can't stand it when people dismiss the, the, when they dismiss justices, a justice is one of the most brilliant legal scholars living on earth exactly. at any given time. You, you don't uh, even have to agree with their politics. The fact of the matter yeah. is, is that they, they've done a lot in life to get there even, and that it should be respected. Even the diversity hires, which, you know, like a, a Sotomayor is, but Guys, look at her opinion. She she writes legal argument. They're not Ninth Circuit arguments. It's like, right. okay, this is cogent. This makes sense. I disagree, but I see the logic train that she's trying to make. I haven't, in all honesty, I haven't read a lot of uh, Justice Katanji Brown Jackson's writing um, to this point. But um, about Clarence Thomas, knowing Clarence Thomas knows uh, things like executive administrative agencies have been given too much power. He knows that this delegation of oh, authority yeah. nonsense, the uh, uh, what do they call it? It's substantive, uh, substantive, due, substantive process. due process. He, he knows like, yeah, this is bunk. OK, but you need a, a justice, an attorney, a judge out there can't just overturn law. There needs to be a complainant. There needs to be someone who has right. a legal claim, a stake in this. That's why it's important that that people like you bring these bring cases. And guys, right. you need to support these cases, whether they're uh, Alliance Defending Freedom cases, if they're Thomas More Society, if they're private citizens. I, I don't even know who's representing you. We've got to back these people. We've got to support their initiatives. And we need to try and understand the legal arguments because people talk to you, listener, viewer, people talk to you and they shut you down. You don't have a sufficient understanding of what's going on. They right. didn't hear the laptop cases. They didn't hear, uh, you know, January 6th wasn't really a, a, a case, the, these hearings. They didn't hear the election cases. They're probably trying not to hear Carrie Lake's cases either out in Arizona. And they've tried again and again and again to tell Jason to take his ball and go home. Yep. And the, the next, you know, 60, 70 days are, are going to be key. some newsworthy. Oh, it's day, because be the key. internet's about to be set. Right. And, and the funny thing is, is that you, you saw what I deal with on Twitter, which is that there's like this group <laughs> that just attack people. And they're like, and they bring up this stupid article from Eric Goldman. You know, and, and it's, um, it's an attack on the fact that Facebook made this this stupid claim that I had pages dedicated to urination in public. It was complete false. Like it was false, but then the judge echoed it. And it's one of those, this is what we have to deal with. And people are afraid because they'll be called a racist or they'll be called, or you get called these names just because you don't fit with what they're saying. And it's like, that has nothing to do with this. Like nothing. And you go, why that the urination thing like why did the judge bring it forward it's facts that it has nothing to do with my case it was completely false and they're like yeah but you said it, you did the 
I brought what's called a Motion 60B3, which is a fraud claim, and we said they lied, and you know what happened? They didn't rebut it. And you know what a non-rebuttal is, right? It's an admission. They lied. They lied. I didn't own the page. I never did. It was all so their entire argument is to trash me personally, yet it has nothing to do with it. And that was the first thing that because Joe had uh, graciously retweeted something and immediately they come swooping in. But, you know, the big thing here is what do, is what that, do you think they do for a living? Like, do they get paid to just sit on Twitter all day? <laughs> I, I would really I mean, and, and if anybody here listening to this knows Elon Musk. I really need to talk to him, and here's why. If he can track down what this group is essentially associated, because, I mean, when I'm arguing with, like, Dirty Flea, and it's a picture of a flea with, like, 12 followers, that's not a real debate, right? I don't know who I'm dealing with. They won't own who they are. I mean, I'll openly, publicly, I mean, Eric Goldman, you really think you know everything? Come publicly debate me. Own it. But trust me, it, I know my stuff. It was a little stuff. bit of a flyer for me to even say something that guy, because usually um, I, I don't care about follower base too much. But usually if someone's handle, their username or whatever on any platform is not a name. Yours right. is Jason Fick. Mine is Joe Mobley. Yeah. Uh, then I, I see them as a nameless, faceless coward. And right. That's... We, we own who we are and what we say. And I'm yep. perfectly willing to do that in the real world. And they go, oh, well, you just block people and run away. No, I'm who I am. I have my picture up there. I'm You're you're welcome I, to debate I've me been, personally. I've been wrong, and people have sent me white papers. People have sent me NIH data or whatever. And I've retweeted it and shared it with everyone. And, and I don't want to be proven right. I want to be in accordance to what is true. If I believe something, you send me some facts, some data, some re- you send me a well-worded argument. And I yeah. go, oh, I'm wrong. I'm not going to keep my wrong belief. I'm going to adopt your right belief. There you belief. go. See, that is the difference That's between guys living. like us. Yes. That, that is exactly it. Is if I'm wrong, all right, prove me wrong. You, you Everything the they litmus. say is repeating the same nonsense. It's like, no, I've already debunked that. <laughs> and you oh, you, and it's like. It's exactly you get caught in a loop and you're like, you haven't said anything of value. And that's why I block them. They get so mad. And I'm like, do you realize that you want to keep the business's ability to block you, but you don't or to block me. But when I block you, you don't like being shut up. That's my point. That's literally my point. I mean, the irony there is is definitely lost on this guy. But if you argue the same things over and over and over again, and I'm not getting any value, what they don't realize is the reason I engage in some of those arguments has been to understand what the counter argument will be. I've let them yep. do say the dumbest stuff ever. And and one of them argued the affirmative defense with me. And now the United States Attorney General is arguing the affirmative defense with me. Do you think that there might be any connection? And that's what I want to see from Elon is I have a massive group of blocked people. Is there a connection between these people? Are they working in unison to harass people? Because there's causes of action involved in that. There's illegalities, yeah. and they have nothing to do with, with Section 230 because they may be doing it online, but their their behavior is definitely not covered. And I want to find out who they are. And and they don't understand how relentless I am. I will figure this out eventually. But in the meantime, the biggest it's, thing is that it's important. This is our we're we're not in the boats crossing the Delaware, but no. You know, the, these are the the battles of our time. And as as my I, I've I love the internet. I like to use it, but I hate social media. And the fact that I 
started a show and started developing a social media presence. It's it's one of the great paradoxes of my life. Um, but this is our battlefield. Fantastic. This is what we have to do, especially yeah. to avoid true conflict. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll be called bad names on Twitter. That's fine. Um, you know, another litmus test. You should you should do this with people because you're out there having these debates. Oh, it's fun to see. So this this is the person who is their name, their given name on their profile or whatever they go by. So it's like this. But to see how intellectually authentic they are, genuine they are, you could say, hey, before we engage in this, whatever this is about. Can you tell me one issue, policy point, whatever that you've changed your mind on? Like for me, uh, military guy, homeland security guy, law enforcement guy, I changed my mind completely about yep. uh, uh, not Miranda v. Arizona. Uh, I think it's Pennsylvania v. MIMS and um, no knock warrants. Uh, two different things. Uh, officers have the authority to control the movement of passengers and vehicles and not just the driver, anyone. We can tell you to get out. We can tell you to sit on the curb. We can tell you to come with us around the corner or whatever. Um, often those things are because of uh, civilian population safety or officer safety no knock warrants are because of officer safety and now i and i used to preach that that used to be my gospel but now i understand that a civilian doesn't have to participate and or a free citizen can't be made to take part in my safety because of a choice right. that i made to become a law enforcement right. officer yeah it's and it's like and it's a it's a very anti-law enforcement belief i i hold it I changed my mind when I was the person on the other side of the door. I was for officer safety, uh, but now, as a, and I was a free citizen then. But no, 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 you don't have to participate in my safety because of a no. job that I chose to do and go. Um, but anyway, you're not participating if, in my safety in that circumstance, yeah. right? And if you've and, and not that's, that's changed point. your mind about anything ever, then you're a shill, right? And, and that's just it. Is I'm I'm willing to flex, you know, and change my opinion. But prove me wrong. Like nobody's proved in it, proven anything. All they've done is pointed to the same bad precedent that I've already said is wrong. Like we can prove that wrong. Well, stop pointing to that. Tell, I, I would actually rather, I mean, like I've got somebody right now trying to figure out how to, to make the A versus the argument. And I go, okay. And as soon as you're done with that, reconcile that with 230C2 because that actually has to work together. Yeah. They they always take it with, there's, it's a create, um, are you, you familiar with the, is it text proofing or proof texting? Text proofing. Have you, yeah. have you ever heard that term? Yeah. So that's what Henderson did. It read it in context, right? But if you take something out of context, use it to, to mean something that the original author didn't mean, that's exactly what's happened with Section 230. They've taken bits and pieces here and there, and they shoved them in to say, oh, it just means whatever you want. No, you have to read that the term that what was said in the context of that case. And that's what they did is they went back to the context of Zoran and they put it in context and they said, wait a second. No, C1 doesn't have, it only has to do with procedural or formatting editorial decisions, meaning the service, not moderation, the platform. That's, there's yeah, your when, difference. When you take these legal applications that are prescriptive and you apply them incorrectly, broadly, it's disastrous and and you it need is. to do things you need to do these proofs you need to look about this is the debate about the constitution with the textualist and the literalist sometimes you need to do etymology guys you need to figure out what the meaning of is is bill clinton like yep. some, sometimes you need to know and there is a difference between these uh, definite and definite definite articles mm -hmm. and that's kind of why uh, 
we're pulling at different things well, here. Well, but the it's kind of why there's a big debate about pronouns right now. And I'm like, do you know what a pronoun is or what its yeah. applicable use is? Yeah, it, it's because bizarre. It they're they're, they're manipulating the English language, and you're like, that's not how it works. And, but but the state that's actor not thing. How any of this it, works? <laughs> do you know that like because everybody's trying to prove state action. Everybody's concerned with the government working with big tech and and is it voluntary? Is it collusion? What what is it? Do you know that we can prove state action right in the statute? And we can prove it like you were just saying. We can prove it like math. How do you do math? You do math and then you reverse it and you do it backwards, right? Yep. Well, let's take what it says. Protection for Good Samaritan blocking and screening of offensive materials. What are they allowed to do? Block and screen offensive materials. How do they do that? As a Good Samaritan, meaning for the good of others. And what do they get in return? Protection. Now reverse it. If they're seeking Section 230 protection, what did they have to do? They had to have blocked and screened offensive materials, correct? As a good Samaritan. Who told them to do that? The government. The government set out the objective and gave them the concession. So if they're seeking the concession, they had to have followed the objective. That's state action. Guys, MyPillow.com is the very best place for Christmas shopping. You might be feeling like it's a time crunch, like you got to go to big box stores, Walmart, Target, Amazon. Don't buy from Amazon. You don't have to do it. Mike Lindell and MyPillow, they've got everything you need and more. Guys, we're talking pillows, sheets, loungewear, slippers, everything. Guys, MyPillow.com slash Mobley for the very best deals. Use promo code Mobley at checkout. Look at these prices. You got Giza Dream Sheets for $29.98. Guys, the My Slippers are on sale with my promo code Mobley, $49.98. They're usually $140. Huge savings. You're not going to find that anywhere else, guys. Look, you got pillows. You got loungewear. Now, look, if you don't know about my pillow loungewear. This stuff right here is some of the most comfortable stuff, the softest cotton you've ever seen, the sleepwear, the loungewear. My my pillow sweatshirt, I never take it off. You get up to 80% on all of these items. You thought my pillow was just about pillows. You thought Mike Lindell was just a pillow guy. You were wrong. He sells so much more than pillows. MyPillow.com slash Mobley, promo code Mobley. Guys, go there now. Huge thanks to Mike Lindell. Huge thanks to MyPillow for being a sponsor of the show. Now let's get back into it. The government set out the objective and gave them the concession. So if they're seeking the concession, they had to have followed the objective. That's state action. The thing is, is that's exactly what happens in every single commission. If you commission the FCC or any one of the government commissions, yes, they are public. But if you commission a private entity, it's no less an agent. It's still given authority to act upon the will of others. That's state action. And it's right there in the statute. And everybody says, well, no, they can do anything they voluntarily want. Well, again, the English language kicks in and you go, it doesn't say any voluntary action taken. It says any action voluntarily taken think about it by putting parentheses around it any action actually is to restrict materials 
So it's any action to do what the government asks them to do, but they can voluntarily take it in good faith, meaning the choice is voluntary, but when they act, they're still acting under the directive of government. Whoops. Yeah. So whenever they're seeking the protection, they had to have acted as a state actor. End of story. So, but I, I would ask this. I have been, you know, we have a legitimate way to beat this. Like this could end. I think they're scared. I mean, look at Facebook changing its name. The meta it was like, why'd they do that? Ah, it just happened to coincide with our constitutional challenge, challenging the entire law. And of course, oh, they lost $700 billion in meta. Where? doesn't cost that much to build a VR, right? Where did it go? Yeah. Was it lost or was it lost into somebody's pocket? Why? Because they're preparing for the apocalypse. They know this is coming. They know guys like me are not quitting. We, we are at this thing hard, but we need help. Like I am on my own. I'm not corporately backed. I'm obviously not going to be able to crowdfund on big tech. You know, yay, let's, let's you know, fund against <laughs> big tech, right? So yeah. you can just hit my PayPal. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, like, like send it to my PayPal or, or let, let me go to GoFundMe, right? Because, I mean, they're all going to lose their control. Well, here's the thing. Socialmediafreedom.org. Uh, it is a 501c3. If you contributed to this, it keeps me in this fight. And I am fighting for you guys. Like, I'm fighting for America. This is as legit as it gets. Um, if you contribute, it keeps me in the game. It is also tax deductible because guess what? Freedom online is something that everybody wants, and it is a we were approved by the government surprisingly to be a 501c3 to fight for your freedoms online, and that is exactly what we're doing. That is what I will continue to do uh, until we get them back. You know, so now I appreciate, it. and there's also a lot more information there. We have I have um, the Federalist argu uh, article is a really good one to read because that shows the the change. But there's another one that out there, uh, Human Events, and I have a Gateway. Um, pundit uh article two op-eds one explains the state action issue and the other one ex explains the uh, as applied a versus the how section 230 c1 got screwed up and most people don't even know that that's the biggest problem that's what we're trying to fix right now if we get this yep and 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 i also want to to um dispel one thing because everybody says great then we can stop them from censoring no you can't they will still have a First Amendment right. We have to respect that right. And they can run their business how they choose to run it. Now, the thing is, is that like, and I give a good example here, is if they have a kitty cat site and they want to take down your puppy dog pictures, that's not a, illegal. They don't want it on there. They can take it down. But they are not protected under liability protection. Section 230 will disappear on that circumstance because it's not, I mean, it might even be done in good faith. But here's the thing. What Section 230 does is it protects otherwise unlawful stuff, meaning if they if they take you down because you're a woman, yep, that's a discriminatory class. It's unlawful. Right now, you couldn't do a damn thing about it because the courts won't touch it. Once we fix this, it means oh, that you, if they you can't bring a 1983 suit against big tech. Well, not, not even a 1983. You, you can't bring an you can't even bring a tort against them right now. It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah right? they laugh in your face. So, but the point will be that they can do it, but if they commit an otherwise unlawful act, that will no longer be insulated. You'll be able to claim, hey, look, they didn't act as a good Samaritan when they, when they, uh, you know, they hosted child pornography. And we said, well, they can't be held accountable for that if they knowingly allowed it. Let me ask you something. If you don't act, is that different than choosing not to act? 
One is simply the omission of action. You didn't get involved. You unknowingly hosted. There is a. Mm-hmm. This is what Gonzalez is looking at. If you act to not act, meaning you make a, a editorial no. decision to host content, it's all about intent, right? In the, there's no intent if if you don't know it's there. But as soon as they make a, a decision, a conscious decision to host it, uh-oh, all of a sudden you knowingly hosted it. And it, and in that yep. circumstance, they are acting as a publisher. They still Which can't be treated done, as the publisher. They've done many times with the child pornography that people have yep. reported that minors have come out and said, hey, I'm a minor. This is me on the internet. Please take it down. This is obviously criminal. And, and we... Yeah dealt with it every day on the human trafficking task force goodness gracious they don't care about that but they care about red hats Uh, i thank you for having me on joe to talk about this and just let people know that there is hope it is coming and you know share this with people because they need to know they're going to attack me i get it it is what it is but but thank you And, and and it's great to have people that are starting to understand this so that we can actually get back our freedoms it'll be great Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, guys. We will have Jason back for sure. Look out for that Twitter space. Uh, and we got to do a paid only episode sometime in the future. Uh, so, guys, that's the show. That's all we got. Hope you have a out to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.